Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Leedy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. And in this episode of Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments, we're pulling a show. We did a series of shows with John Dunlop and Marty Desrochers. And, and the primary focus was to increase essentially the share of wallet we captured from people who would, who would go to theme parks. And this particular episode is talking with Bill Lee. And it is so amazing to listen to these three guys talking about when you've got guests that are already coming, how do you increase the share of wallet that you achieve? So if you like the episode, please share it with friends, click on the like button and subscribe to our channel. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Mitchell Levy and welcome to Thought Leader Life. I am so excited. I am enjoying and learning from each and every episode this month. Uh, it's a phenomenal set of sessions. And, and for those that are tuning in for the first time, you've got to meet and listen to John Dunlop, who's the CEO of Iconic Attractions Group, and Marty Desroche, the president of Operation Pineapple. And guys, thanks for joining me for the month and for bringing on such phenomenal people. Well, thanks for Great to see you again, Mitchell. Absolutely. And so today we got Bill Lee, who's the general manager at Benchmark Resorts and Hotels in Orlando. Uh, Bill, I had just a phenomenal conversation, a prep conversation with you, and I just, I learned so much and I'm looking forward to today. Could you tell the audience just a little bit of your thoughts on revenue management and then we'll, we'll dive into more details. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, revenue management in the resort business is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just simply how we stay afloat. We got to get the premium dollars. Um, we need to fill up with, with rate heads and beds, we call it, but we don't pay ourselves unless we get premium dollars and revenue management is, is how we do that. Great. Well, so I've I've known uh, Bill for a long time. I mean, uh, back to the our days with uh, with Starwood Hotels and Resorts, and I know, um, you know, uh, especially from an operating perspective, it's it's often your uh, you know your your, pre, your your job to be able to make sure that your your product um, uh, is is sort of uh, uh, you know exceeding the expectations of the guests, so that you can get premium dollars. And today, you know, back then when we were looking at, uh, you know, how do you get uh, different rates for, uh, for different room types, you know, pe- people, uh, you know, they tend to, to lead with low cost decision making. Do you find in, in your hotels and resorts and your experience in your hotels and resorts, that maybe you've employed any strategies, um, you know, where you've convinced a guest uh, that they were looking for an experience that, uh, that they didn't know they were looking for, uh, met their expectations in doing so, and also made more money. Uh, absolutely, I in the uh, uh, the Caribbean resorts that I've I've operated is would often tell people that millions, perhaps you know, hundred million people snorkel a day around the world. But if it's the first time that you've done it, it's like magic. So 
things that you would see in a resort, but, you know, reach the people, get them willing to try new things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about their experience if, and, and you benefit from it as a business if you can get them out. That's great. And so what about like, uh, you know, room types, for example, I mean, you know, obviously room types are like a perishable product. How do you, uh, how do, how do you look at, at room categories and room types? Um, you know, when somebody's bought a, a general room, I mean, do you, you know, what, what's new and coming out? I, I know that uh, recently I, I, I bought a, a hotel room stay in Cabo San Lucas through Expedia and I was uh, shocked for the very first time um, Expedia has deployed a, uh, uh, a technique where they want to make sure that they have, that they're taking, helping me take care of everything from my transportation, you know, which is something I didn't know I wanted them to do, but I was happy that they, that they want to do it. Um, they hit me up right away with the top 10 things to do in Cabo while I'm there, the things to stay away from, you, you know, so they're providing me a list of, of services that I didn't know I wanted them to provide. Uh, but in so doing, they've exceeded my expectations and gotten me to increase my share of wallet significantly. In fact, my, my goal when I was going to to Cabo, I was telling my wife, I'm not sure we want to do a ton of uh, of things when we're down. Let's just hang out by the pool and, uh, you know, enjoy the all-inclusive. But they, they convinced me that there was more that I want to do, and I've been pretty impressed by that. Is there, in your experience, have you seen that trend moving in – in hotels, I mean, forget through the booking engines, and can you give us maybe some experiences of stuff you've done to, you know, exceed guest expectations and make more money? Yeah, it's it's really developed in the industry. Um, so total contribution is uh, an important principle that we look after. So um, you mentioned your vacation. I wonder if your uh, the type of reservation that you booked that there had not already been some calculation done to anticipate how much you would spend. So there could be uh, market segments that are known to uh, not have any um, uh, or much uh, ancillary spending on the resort. So, um, you know, you calculate your total contribution from them. Uh, But somebody like you, you probably came in at a higher rate um, and they figured this type of customer is uh, you know lifestyle buyer and and uh, you know we'll be able to uh, sell more. So that's how deep it goes. Is the, especially nowadays, um, if you should interact with a website uh, with your Facebook account, for example, the technology can know so much about you um, that. Uh, you know, resorts can automatically start selling you things. Uh, it's 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 blown up in the last five years to uh, you know Big Brother proportions. Um, so that said, once once you do make a reservation, it's uh, experience getting to know you. Businesses are very shrewd these days, uh, understanding the unique nature of their uh, customers. So. Um, I, I bet you that um, somebody connected with you and started to sell you exactly what you like. Well, actually, let me jump in for a second. I know you said it's blown up to big brother proportions. We're not even close to where it will be. At, <laughs> at, 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 John, at some point in time after your vacation, you should get a email from, uh, let's say, Puerto Vallarta, 
saying, hey, I know you liked your trip in Cabo and you participated in these events. Why don't you plan your next trip in Puerto Vallarta and here are the type of things we'd like you to do because. Based and, on the previous, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, we're, we're, we, haven't, we haven't begun to see some of the things that really are possible. Right. Yeah, I just got, uh, you know, opening up this resort in Orlando, um, there's no shortage of vendors uh, coming by to sell their services and technology is part of that. So one gentleman came by. So we can run contests that um, if you should enter the contest and, uh, you know, the more people who vote for you, the better chance you have of winning. If you vote with your Facebook account and you get all of your friends and family, you basically you share your list. Uh, their artificial intelligence can tell the, the gender of the people that you posed with. Um, the locations where you took the photograph and create a targeted list of what you'll likely buy. Wow. So think about that when you vote. (laughs) Unbelievable. Now tell me about uh, Marty's expertise is, um, you you know, is, is looking at existing buyers, buyers that walk up to the front make a buying decision, have their wallets out. And if you've got a split section, uh, split uh, second, most um, to assess, uh, do exactly what you're saying, not using technology, but by using people. Yep, so yep. my, my question, I mean, technology is great. I mean, I, I, and maybe someday we'll be at the point where you'll check into a hotel and there won't be a person standing in front of you. Um, but do you use, uh, uh, you know, training of, of front desk professionals example as, as sales agents? I mean, do you, do you have anything that you typically hold, uh, that person in uh, responsible for where they're, you know, having a great front line of associates can help generate more income for you. Does that make sense? So, so do you have different product types? Like for example, what's, you know, selling up to an ocean front room, if an ocean front room is available, how hard do you, do you press that or, or, or do you not? Oh, Hey Bill, you still there? Okay, I can hear you now. Sorry about that. No worries. The, whole question, the question is just how, how, how often do you use things, perishable inventory like oceanfront rooms or meal packages on property or, you know, other stuff like that where, where you, you try to get the, the consumer to make their buying decision up front and you're leveraging the, the, the sales power of your front line front desk agents uh, to connect with a guest and then meet their needs. Is there a lot of that going on in, in the resort world these days? Yeah, and it's actually picked up in in two ways. Um, one is uh, adding revenue to the top, uh, upselling depending on your what you have to sell. But then also, um, which I find interesting, is uh, many properties are encouraging uh, people to reduce cost uh, services, housekeeping. So, for example. Um, Data has shown that many people are not particularly interested in some services, and we offer them anyways. So a front desk agent can save you, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month if they just get to know their customer and find out what they don't want to use, what they do want to use. And like my earlier story, uh, you know, you find somebody has an interest or someone in their group may want to try something. If you sign them up, they'll do it. 
but you need to have that relationship with them first to know these opportunities. Hey, Bill, I got a, I got a question. Just uh, we were looking at Vegas recently, and there's not a hotel you can go to in Vegas that doesn't have some resort fee that's bundled in a package of products. Um, and that resort fee ranges from you know $20 to like $45. And, and of course, you get free internet. Um, plus other things associated with it. Is that prevalent now in the hotel? Are we going to see more and more of that across hotels we go to? Or what's uh, as, as a opportunity to increase, you know, lower list price, but now you get the resort fee with more? Is that something that is relevant? It is. It's been around in the industry for a while. And it's had these uh, add-on fees have um uh, they've they've been criticized. If they're not real and bona fide values, they can create some resentment. Um, an example of an add-on fee that was very unpopular was an energy fee, uh, and uh, that actually became illegal and needed to be refunded. But um, I, I'm okay with that as long as it's a genuine value that. Uh, you know, a customer is happy to pay, but, um, uh, you know, it, it is true that, uh, it can be perceived as just, uh, another way to get a couple bucks, which, you know, that's not a good, uh, customer loyalty builder. Yeah, I think that's actually a great question because, you know, there, there's a case study about a, a bundling opportunity that has backfired, right? I mean, it is, I don't care where you go. A resort fee is, is a, is a dissatisfier. Anywhere. I've never gone to a place and been, boy, I just had a great time and I got a lot of value out of that resort fee, right? It's a tax. However, you know, Marty, uh, jump in here because if yeah. what we're trying to do is create the antithesis of the resort fee. We're trying right. to, to determine, and now if a resort fee said, hey, what are the five things you want to do here today? And we're going to take those, we're going to bundle them, and we're going to, if you're, if you're looking to go, go work out at the gym, we're going to include that. I think it's the, it, the thing about the resort fee and why, and why Bill is saying that People haven't liked it is because I'm paying for, you know, the the gym whether or not I'm going to use it. I'm paying for right. the Wi-Fi whether or not I'm going to use it. I'm going to be paying for that bottle of water that's in my room whether or not I'm going to drink it. The the Marty's whole role is exactly the opposite. It's learning the guest and then identifying exactly what they want and giving it to them at the best possible price. Yep, yep, and it's all about item. I think I think the difference is maybe that that with the resort fee, it's it's the whole kitchen sink, and it's not itemized out. And maybe they'll they'll tell you what it is when you ask. Well, what is in a resort fee? Oh, well, that includes the. I know at Disney, the um, third party hotels do busing to the parks, and there's all sorts of things that are included in the resort fee. But it really is. It's the kitchen sink uh, of of stuff. It's that it's that one. Add on, and you're right. Whether or not they use it, so a lot of guests. But, will but, Uber, but Disney, Uber Marty, is, is, is yep. Disney actually does something interesting, right? So Disney includes something that is a benefit only to stay at a Disney hotel, right. which is early, early park hours, sure. right? So yep. not only can you get there, but you're getting something that I don't care. I mean, but boy, it, it is such an exclusive benefit that uh, that it will actually drive your decision making you know, to that location. Right. So, so how, how, you know, how can Bill maybe, uh, you know, what, what is something that, that, you know, could that be, I'm almost just now guessing a little bit, but is there a way that, that, uh, that, we, that, that could be rethought in the hospitality industry that could generate the same income and also cause a, a get more of a guest satisfaction? 
situation because I never I think, really thought about it. I think it is. Um, I think that um, there is a known list of uh, amenities and activities that are typical in a resort, for example, and it's a mistake if you add those into your resort fee because people expect to get that. Um, if you put in your your additional resort fee, uh, you know, use of pool chairs and towels. Um, that's not going to get you far because they expect that they've paid for that already. But, um, you know, a bus to Disney um, or some of these other real and quantifiable values. Um, I think that smarter resorts are looking at this as a way to uh, pay for these uh, extras um, and by bundling them, you're, 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 you're having people happy to collectively pay the money necessary for them to exist. What I but mean, me by, you, is there an it, opportunity for you to, for you to, I mean, I, this is again, just in, you know, Burger King coined the phrase, have it your way. Right. And, and gained significant amounts of market share by doing that. Now let's think about the resort fee. What if you showed up and you had a, a list of 20 items and you could pick five? You know, it's, it's one of those things where is there a way or is it just an inevitability? Because, you know, the real, the real, the reality is that when you're going to Expedia, I mean, the reason that the resort fee exists is when you go to Expedia, Travelocity, Orbits, or any of these other locations, um, half of the locations will put on, if you're saying just bundle, put the resort fee into the ticket price, half of them will do it, half of them won't. So you're going to use the art of deception for the hotels who aren't going to, to put in the uh, the resort fee. You're going to show up when you've already made your buying decision. And somebody's going to hand you and tell you you now have got to make a uh, include a twenty five dollar tax resort fee on your bill. And so what it does is it makes the honest uh, hotels. Trust me, as a hotelier personally, no, nobody wants to charge this fee, right? Everyone would love to. Well, put it what, what if what if it's um, what if it's a good thing? Uh, if you have a Disney bus that costs $25,000 a month right. to run, um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for a hotel to pay for that. Nobody expects that at a, at a resort. If you put it in the resort fee and the resort fee is, you know, it's a mandatory resort fee, you've achieved paying for your bus. And, um, now I'm not saying that your resort fee is going to cover the entire amount of the bus, but at least it's something now that you can offer that's above and the above and beyond. You're paid for it. So um, I think smarter resorts are going to actually use the resort fee money as a to buy differentiators, not just count it as some extra dollars to the bottom line. By the way, John, I love your idea of having a list, whatever the menu list is. And when you check in, you just pick the items you want to be included in your resort fee. I mean, even that if it was, that. even if it was like, you know, two bottles of water, a bottle of champagne instead of all of them. I mean, I right. think, I think the, I think the point of difference between, you know, and this is where we're trying to learn, uh, you know, even in our business. And it's funny because we talked about, uh, we're looking at doing a hotel uh, as part of our redevelopment project. And we've talked about a resort fee. And we're saying, you know, our resort fee would include entry to the park and our resort fee. But, but you think about, boy, I mean, so really what's happening is though it's the breakage game, right? Those people who are not 
you know, interested in the, in the entry to the park are paying for those who are um, in a way. And I think that's what creates the point of dissatisfaction. You know, the question that we've been focused a lot on at the front gate isn't taxation. The, the, the idea is, you know, you can, you can learn quickly whether a person here is one, two or three days uh, in Miami, whether or not if, you know, they want to go into the park for two hours or whether they want to spend the day, whether they want to eat here or whether they don't, whether they love animals and want to have a premium encounter or they just want to, or they don't want to walk and they want a guided tour so they can see the highlights of, of all, all these things. Then you can provide a product that costs more money, um, you know, targeted directly at them, where when they leave, they thought, wow, I really felt like, you know, I did exactly the thing that I wanted to come and do, even if I didn't know I wanted to do it before I showed up at the door. Right, Marty? I mean, I think that's the, you know, that's what you're training people even in museums to be able to say, you know, are you, what type of consumer are you? I can think of my buddy, Tom Garfinkel, who, uh, who's the CEO of the Miami Dolphins. And when you sign up for season tickets at the Miami Dolphins, they categorize you into one of several categories. Are you an enthusiast who loves the Miami Dolphins? Or are you a business uh, user who's, who's, who's coming here to be able to bring people uh, on business? Or, or are you a social member? You want to come with your kids and you just love the experience of being in the stadium. And, and then they provide a whole lifestyle package around that. So, so they're providing you experiences to say, if you're a social member, you know, maybe we're going to have a movie night and we're going to invite all the social members in and they're going to sit on the field and watch a movie on a day that's not a game day. Um, but if you're a business member, you know, maybe they'll give you one upgrade to a suite if those right. things, you know, so you can, you, you know, and, and I think that's the, um, you know, that's the thing that uh, I, I think I've, I've found in this conversation is that the differentiator really is meeting people where they are. Um, you know, and finding out how they, how, you know, yes, you're, they're going to spend the premium on it, but it's the type of premium that they want. Right. It's kind of like even when, when you go to a restaurant, some of the nicer restaurants and, and if you maybe purchased a, I know in, in Las Vegas, we did this a lot, uh, at the hotel at Luxor, we, we would do like a prefix meal where there would be your, your dinner includes an appetizer and here's your different choices for entree, entrees, but the lobster is a $10 add on, right? So, but you could choose any of these. You could choose the chicken, the beef, the whatever, but, uh, the, you know, of course you could, you could even add the lobster as a, as an add on with that too. But it's kind of the same, the same thing there, I think, where, um, here's what it includes. Choose three, you know, pick, pick what you want and customize it, uh, that way too. And people like to have that, that kind of option too. You know, even, even with the attractions at Luxor, we did that a lot with the, the, uh, different attractions. And Gil was saying that a few weeks ago that, we, we started adding uh, or upping the price of all of our attractions to just be consistently one price. And then we would say, you can buy a pick two package and you can customize your own package basically and just choose which ones to, to add on and build, build your IMAX or build whatever package you wanted to do. So it gives people the flexibility and, and they're, they're able to, to build value that way. So I think that's really interesting when we're talking about the resort fee and how all that uh, gives them because does, doesn't it build that value for them? It builds the value in in what they're doing. They they see that okay, yeah, I'm going to use that now. You know, yeah, and it's and it's addictive, right? It's like it's like uh, it's like a drug. I mean, once you start, you know, with that kind of money, it's you you you, you budget for it and you almost can't give it up. So yeah. I think this is going to be a hard one and uh, uh, to fix. But I you did bring up something that's sort of interesting is that you know people's time is limited. And, um, you know, if I'm on a resort, have you seen a decline of the, the, of the amount of share a wallet bill that, uh, 
that people are having uh, relative to the, like, the amount of time they're spending on the resort. In other words, you know, here you are, you build out a resort, you got three restaurants. What percentage of the restaurants are people going to? And if so, what's, what are you doing to, to, uh, to create a scenario that gets them to, to maybe make a buy decision that keeps them in your restaurants or in your spa or at your pools drinking your drinks versus going outside the product? It, it's changed a lot. People have a lot more choices, uh, more than ever before. Um, you know, I, I, I went to LA and I, uh, saw a bona fide LA food truck and I thought, well, God, I saw this on television. I'm going. So I get in line and I, I get my food and the guy says to me, uh, he, he says some wine. And so I say, well, oh, Great. I'm going to get some wine out of this food truck. And he says, do you want uh, Malbec or Pinot Noir? So I'm thinking, oh, my God, even a food truck is giving me my choice of wine. So this is very typical in the hospitality business is that everyone has choices. If you don't meet their expectations, they'll find some place that they will. The days of a boring three-meal-a-day restaurant those are those are well done, especially in the premium uh, market. So in our business, um, you have to get to know your customer, anticipate what they want, and uh, deliver. So um, experiences are now very important. Uh, the younger generation wants to go and do things and have unique local experiences. Uh, so, you know, you deliver and, um, you get involved in your community. You find out who has what that's interesting to do. You have to make sure to capture that with vibrant social media, your website, and, um, you facilitate. So, um, I think to answer your question that this type of ancillary revenue is, is climbing very high and, uh, you know, and I could, I could counter that and say that food and beverage is, is ever the challenge because people also want to leave properties to go get local experiences. But, but no, I think it's, I think it's on the way up. Well, one of the things we've been doing when you say that in, in theme parks is we've been looking, I mean, we as a, as a, an industry. So you look at Disney or you look at, uh, SeaWorld and they're looking, and you're looking that they're now pre-selling meal plans. Yep. For example, I mean, this is, and this, by the way, was one of those things that was started in hotels. So there, there's a piece of shared innovation, uh, with the all inclusives, right? Is that, you know, Disney has a plan where you can come stay and play. You stay in a Disney hotel, you eat the food in the Disney properties, you can eat food in the Disney parks, and it's all one price. And you can eat yourself to death if you want, or you can just, you know, uh, you know, have a nibble here and there. It, it, are, are the resorts doing anything interesting that maybe we don't know about that, uh, you know, that where we could take a little bit more innovation into, <laughs> into our business, but is there something, is there something else out there? Like what's the next thing? Well, the what answer is think, yes. The answer is yes to all of the above, but it's just, <laughs> it's just the timing of when it's a yes. Cause uh, Marty, you were talking about Vegas and um, I have a house there, so I love to go out to Vegas yep. and um, you know, before the big change in the economy, um, you would be lucky to get a table at some of the nicer places. Like Absolutely. I like Mandalay yeah. and, um, you know, you're not going to walk into Ariel and get a seat. 
However, after it all changed, everybody had a, uh, a, a sign out in front, some sort of a fixed price thing, special deal. So, um, you know, that's very typical with uh, the yielding that goes on in my industry. Um, packages, uh, you get to choose. That type of flexibility is, um, you know, when you need to work that hard. I can assure you, though, uh, during peak season, it's all full price. You know. But couldn't you, I mean, and this is just a question, is there an opportunity to bundle a bottle of wine uh, with your room? I mean, is, is sure. there an opportunity to make a dinner reservation for somebody in your restaurant at a, at a premium time t- as a way of keeping them on property? I mean, what, what, what point of innovation is happening that, um, that, that helps again from a revenue management perspective, you know, help take the bundle of services that you have, um, you know, cause gosh, I don't think I've ever been asked in a hotel, um, you, you know, when I'm checking in, if I would like to upgrade for, you know, uh, a couple of bucks more, maybe only once actually. And it was, I think like the Nickelodeon hotel when I was taking my kids, they said, they asked, uh, oh, right. I wanted to get a, an, uh, the Simex, uh, theater ticket, uh, <laughs> or, or the premium ticket, which included, um, you, you know, a pizza, uh, unlimited beverage, bottomless beverages for my three kids and, you know, some other things, right? I mean, so, and, the, and I, and of course I said, yes. So how do you, how do you take innovation from, from that and apply it, or maybe you're already doing so, you know, right. in your environments where when, when a guest steps up to check in, you hit them as, as another sales opportunity. I just that. talked with the lady who, um, used to be the uh, front office manager at Nickelodeon and, They gave 10% incentive to the front desk agents for every upsell. You made some guys some money that day. Did you say yes? I said yes. I bought it. And and in fact, we, uh, I bought it uh, hands down. And I think that the Marty, in fact, we happen to know this because Marty used to work for the company that ran the movie, uh, uh, theater in that facility. What was the upsell rated at Nickelodeon hotel for that? You're asking me? Yeah. Um, the, you know, I mean, it was the, high, right? It, it was, it was, it was pretty high. There was some trouble at first. Um, I think just, just getting the front desk staff to, um, package it together, but they started putting packages together online. You know, they do a lot of booking online and they're, as soon as, as soon as they got into the niche, uh, into the, 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 um, mainstream of it with, with their online marketing, there were packages all over the place. Like, isn't that, that's where you bought it. Did you buy it online, John? No, I bought it right at the desk. I mean, you bought guy, it at the desk, yeah. And I bought yeah. it, and it was great. And I've, and I, I was just sitting here thinking about it. I, I, I never really thought about it before, but I, I don't think I've really been hit with that. Nobody's ever. I mean, a few times at, at premium hotels, somebody said, "Can I make you a reservation in our premium restaurant because the the dining times are going quickly?" Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, and that creates a level of scarcity that makes you want to buy and stay in the in the in the hotel uh, for a restaurant, especially when somebody recommend. Like, we live in a day of recommendations, and you know, mm-hmm. even if you're checking in with someone, that recommendation of of your front desk agent is better than no one. Right, right. Then our restaurant's really good, and if yeah. times are going to fill, which can I make your reservation? Huge. You know, and yeah. if I do so now, you'll get ten percent off your whole meal. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm wondering what we can learn from you know other industries from a bundling perspective uh, that our listeners can learn because you know we have people listening that aren't going to just be 
that aren't just from the hospitality industry, but they're looking at, you know, how do I deploy solid revenue management using the guests we already have to be able to make more money? Yeah, one trend that I've I've seen lately is monetizing the upsell. Um, it's, you know, I, I think that in the past, uh, upselling to somebody was something that was part of your job. Um, you know, this this made for good business, and you know, somebody got uh, employee of the month or something like that. But nowadays, uh, I think. Perhaps it's due to technology and your ability to track revenue flow, but um, everybody in the pipeline gets a piece. And so even on a front desk, in in my time, uh, when I was uh, a young guy on the front desk, nobody was, you know, going to give you any money for an upsell. Sure. But now 5% is considered skimpy. Uh, Some places are given 10%. And why are they doing it? Because they have the technology to show that if it's part of your job, it'll be, you know, $8,000 more a month for the property. If it's 5%, it'll be, you know, $20,000 more for the property. If it's 10%, it'll be $300,000 more for the property. So, you know, same thing through amenities is, um, uh, there's a lot of hotels are, are subcontracting out uh, concierge services because the people that are working those desks are commission paid employees. So they, they have, they're incentivized to call you in your room and, and really get to know you here while you're there. And, uh, everything that they offer to you is a commissionable. Right. That is, is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a detractor or do you, like, I'm telling you when I, I get was called by Expedia, which is, Incidentally, one of the companies that's outsourcing concierge services now, mm-hmm. I, I felt like they were actually anticipating my needs. They were building a business, anticipating my needs. So they were providing well, a service, making money, and and they and they were providing me something even I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that- well, you you um, you know, you don't sell much to somebody who doesn't want it. So they were probably good salespeople and. You know, they probably pulled your reservation, saw how much you were paying. Um, you probably have some profile information in there, uh, more than you might even imagine. Yeah. So they, <laughs> there's an algorithm that spit it out and said, you know, right. wait, tell to him, he buys everything. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they told you just what you wanted to hear. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's always shocking how quickly 30 minutes goes. Um, Bill, I, I'd like you, normally I, I'll ask this question, so I'll keep it open. Um, normally I say, hey, is there something, a question that we didn't ask you that you should? But I also want to say, is there a story that you may want to tell us? So either one that talks about something you did in your space for revenue management you, that you just thought was so compelling based on the questions today that you want to share. Um, so, Bill, what do you think? Well, you know, the that we talked a little bit about um, getting the revenue flowing and um, you know, in, in my experience uh, I, I do a lot of startups. And so I always love it when the business has money that I can uh, let the world know what I have to sell. So, um, you know, I, I wonder what the, what the group here thinks is, do you save money by, uh, not spending millions in marketing to heighten the awareness of what you have to sell, 
or should you go the long and slow route, social media, word of mouth, and slowly build your way up to uh, premium dollars? You know, six and one half dozen of the other, or does the group have an opinion about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm never short for words, so uh, you know, I always have an opinion. Um, I I would say, you know, I think it depends upon the. Uh, your, your capacity, right? So in many cases, Marty and I have built a living on, on trying to create experiences that were limited, right? So, you know, when we're talking about um, scarcity, we're talking about, you know, simple supply, demand, and price level. And so, you know, you know, we're trying to be able to restrict, you know, demand is what the demand is. And I think that's what you're talking about is, you know, can you, can you, can you push on the accelerator and drive demand? we tend to be focused on the other side, which is, you know, demand is fixed and we want to, we want to control supply. Um, you know, so I think to, to answer your question, to the extent that there's scarcity and high demand, that's where the highest prices come. Right. So, you know, uh, uh, it's, it is a very interesting question. You know, you build a very high quality product that people want. You, you try to be able to uh, anticipate people's needs uh, 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 provide it, you know, to them at a, at a fair price. And, and if you can use, uh, uh, marketing initiatives to drive demand, then one of two things is going to happen, right? You're, you're, you're either your product can handle, uh, the volume or you drive prices way to, to a very premium level. And I think the classic example of that is, is, you know, our exclusive VIP tour. Um, we, we designed a very scarce, uh, experience that we sell at about $599 a person. And that's when regular ticket prices are $39. And no matter what the amount of marketing is, we still only have about 10 of those a day we can do. So if we went and spent a million dollars on marketing that product, the only thing that could happen is we would drive demand. We'd have a hundred people a day calling for those 10 spots and we would raise that price now to $999 you know, to see whether or not we could still fill the only 10 locations we have. So I think it's a very difficult question to answer because it all depends upon, you know, what, what product that you're launching and what's the, the total volume of availability, um, you know, that you, that you can promote into that. That's how I would answer that. All right. Fair enough. Hey, Bill, if people are interested in reaching out to you and any final comments you might want to say, um, how do people reach out? Well, I am on LinkedIn, uh, under Bill Lee, uh, you can find me there. I am currently the general manager of the Grove Resort and Spa in Orlando, Florida. So when you check in, I will be there to sell you some premium experiences. <laughs> Just right. nice me. <laughs> Bill, that was well done. I want a bottle of wine when I come. You have it, sir. Only the best. And we'll put it on your bill. There we go. <laughs> Just bundle it. Let me know when it's bundle, bundle it together with the pool. And, uh, yeah. Hey, Marty, what do you think? How uh, uh, any uh, enlightening thoughts that came out of this uh, session for you, and uh, and then of course, how do people reach out? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I I, I think that the, uh, the the whole thing with with upselling and and just uh, bundling together is 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 huge, and uh, I think that that when we're talking about uh, the, the positioning of the products and uh, the, the value and benefit, uh, you know, I, I think that, that he hit all that right on the head. I mean, I mean, that's, that's what's so exciting with, oh, did I lose the feed? 
Okay. Uh, no, you're okay. Uh, okay. Um, I, I think that all of that is um, exactly what we're talking about with this. And um, uh, you can reach out to me um, at uh, marty.derochers, D-E-S-R-O-C-H-E-R-S, at operationpineapple.com. And um, what else am I supposed to say? Was that? But you did great. That was good? Okay. All right, good. You did great. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Hey, John, how about you? John Dunlap, uh, CEO of Iconic Attractions Group. I can be reached uh, on uh, LinkedIn as well, uh, Twitter, Iconic Attractions. Um, but I think the best way is our website as well, IconicAttractions.com. Email jdunlap at IconicAttractions.com. I'd love to hear from you. love to hear uh, all your great ideas. Bill, always a pleasure. One of my favorite people. Uh, very insightful. Thank you very much for participating. My pleasure, truly. Yeah, Bill, thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. it absolutely great, great to have you. I uh, found it real interesting. You, my, my first thought when you said you go to a hotel and you're going to check in without anyone being there, my first thought was negative because sometimes I, I want to hear that person. And then all of a sudden I realized at Hertz, I really like checking into my car without talking to anybody, getting off the plane and going to my car. And so as a premium experience for me so good thing we're we're talking to somebody who's knowledgeable in that area coming up soon as a premium experience for me i like that experience and for me what i started thinking about um in this show is the crossovers between multiple industries in terms of what is being offered and what's not and what industries are not catching up with technology Right. And so I just I've got some really great thoughts and and I just will mention the the one thing you had mentioned Bill before we came on the air and that is you had a vendor come to you and say hey you can offer a contest and based on that contest and that contest is uh, involving getting people to submit a photo of themselves in a certain area you now can build who they are what sex they are what orientation they are right. um list of people who are like them and then use facebook advertising to then build a list that's very similar and then market directly to the list of people who are actively participating in the contest that's right that technology wise that is so yeah. cool um and and so there are i i just i would like to see more industries take advantage of different forms of technologies and experimentation like that so thank you for Opening up, uh, opening up my eyes to uh, those sort of thought processes. Well, I should, I should add that it's not entirely ominous uh, that somebody can know that about you. Because, John, you mentioned that you were being sold, uh, you know, kind of just a shotgun approach. You know, they just were going to hit you with everything. So no one likes that. You really just want to be sold what you want to buy. And um, so in, in that way those types of technologies can be uh, more useful, even considerate. Absolutely. Yeah. I like do, it. Do you know what I was just thinking was, just real real quick, with, with Disney with their magic bands, isn't that kind of what they're doing with that, right? Because that's capturing everything. I mean, everything with the spend is going on to that. And so then when you have somebody that comes up to a counter, maybe up to a concierge desk, and they're able to see who that person is just instantaneously and see that profile information right there in a real-time way and be able to respond to it. Absolutely, yes. That, that is a big portion of it, and it's also yeah. a funny money thing. So, wow. Another time. Okay. Thank right. you so much. This was, uh, this was a great experience. And, you know, right. as you can hear, we could keep going, and, and maybe we will we after could. we turn off. <laughs> right. We have to be kind to our audience. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for the video or for the audio. It's great to have you as, as listeners and watchers of Thought Leader Life. Gentlemen, um, very thought, thought-provoking and we'll definitely create a couple aha books out of this. And I've even thought of a couple of new directions to go. So thanks everybody for joining us. Have yourself a great rest of the day. See you in the next episode of Thought Leader Life. Thanks, uh, bye now. Bye-bye. This is Mitchell Levy, the aha guy from Aha That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.